0: Hello everyone, this is Rich Sports Talk, Sports Talk Worth a Million. I'm your host, Nolan Rich, and of course, we are talking about the NBA Draft Lottery from last night. So many big storylines, the Knicks missing out, the Pelicans giving a number one pick. But make no mistake, this was a bad night for the NBA. As it stands now, if the draft were to unfold in the way it is going to, if everything stays the same... This was a bad night for the NBA, and I will explain it. First thing I want to get to is one of the notions from this draft that I've heard repeatedly since the end of this draft, that which is driving me nuts, and to an extent, extent, I kind of agree, but I don't think people are looking at the whole picture. What have I been hearing about this draft from everyone in the media? This draft tanking is over. No more tanking. This draft proves that tanking doesn't work. And to an extent, I agree. The worst record didn't get the number one pick. But one of the most common things people are missing is tanking did result in the number one pick. Let me explain. Do you remember this last season, the last third of the season with New Orleans? They put Anthony Davis on a 20-minute minutes limit, right? There were nights they played him, and they didn't play him to the point where the NBA had to step in and find the Pelicans for not playing Anthony Davis. They were doing a nice disguise, but they were tanking, and they were rewarded for it. I do believe that tanking has changed, where I don't believe that just because you have the worst record guarantees you the number one pick or gives you better odds for the number one pick. But when the new rules came out, one of my biggest concerns was this. My concern was... I get that they want the bottom three records to have the same odds to get the number one pick. But one thing I did not like was the increased odds of teams with outside the bottom five records getting the number one pick. And my biggest fear was realized last night. I want you to think about this. The team with the eighth worst record got the number one pick. The team with the ninth worst record got the second pick, the team with the 11th worst record in the NBA, got the number four pick. So the bottom three records, only one team got in the top four picks. And in the NBA draft, and this is an exception because there's three incredible players. Once you get outside of the top two, maybe three, there's a lot of question marks in the NBA draft. And if you missed out, It's going to be a tough one for you. I want you to think about this. I think that tanking has evolved after this draft and could potentially be more damaging for this league. Because instead of the bottom five teams competing for the number one pick, I now see a scenario where up to 10 teams could compete. And let me explain, because some of you might be saying, what are you talking about? New Orleans, like I was talking about, was sitting Anthony Davis. Wasn't trying to be competitive the last third of the season. They ended up with the number one pick. The Los Angeles Lakers shut down LeBron James the last stretch of the season and lots of their players, and they were rewarded with the fourth overall pick. Because of the odds, and even though there are low odds to get the number one pick, but they are better odds now outside of the top five to get a number one pick I think that now you're going to have a bigger tanking problem with better teams let me paint you a picture let's say you're the ninth between nine and 13 in your conference right in the eastern or western conference that's eight different teams now when you get to the trade deadline with a third of the season left general managers will have a scenario They can either trade future draft picks to try to get a decent player to make the playoffs and then probably get eliminated in the first round quickly or at best eliminated in the second round, or for the last third of the season, they can rest their stars on certain nights and they can give some of their guys a break and uh, load management the last 20 games and try to get themselves in a better position to get a lottery pick. Because now, it's been rewarded. The Lakers and the Pelicans, who have much better rosters than the bottom five teams in this league, were rewarded last night. And teams with bad rosters were punished. I want you to think about this. Cleveland lost LeBron to Los Angeles. Kevin Love was hurt the majority of the season. Do I believe that to an extent they were tanking? Yes, but they also had a terrible roster. And yet... The Lakers, who had LeBron and looked like a playoff team until he was hurt, and the Lakers purposely sat out really the last 10, 15 games, didn't really care, they were, they ended up with a higher draft pick than the Cavaliers. Does that seem right to you? Because it doesn't seem right to me. The league last night had an opportunity to reward these stumbling franchises with a franchise-changing player, and that didn't happen. The league was desperate to get the Knicks relevant, and instead they get the third pick. You look at the reaction of Knicks fans not getting Zion, it shows you how passionate New York is, and how bad that franchise has been, and how desperate they are. People complain about markets, but when the NBA has a record television deal, markets matter, especially in contract negotiations. And when New York is the number one media market, and their basketball has been terrible for well over a decade... It's important to get them right. It's important to get that right. And Zion would have changed that. Even if the Knicks were bad, even if KD didn't come, and I still think the Knicks will be okay because K D will come and they probably will get better with the third pick. It would have been must see TV with Zion. It would have been great for the league. But instead he goes to New Orleans. And people are saying, This is great for the Pelicans. And this is great for the leagues and a win for small markets. No, it's not. It's not. Because Anthony Davis has come out and said, even with the Pelicans now probably getting Zion, he still wants to be traded. It's come out that Zion wanted to be in New York and was disappointed he, the Pelicans got the number one pick. And did you notice when they cut to him, when New Orleans did get the number one pick, how Zion, who always has a smile on his face, looked distraught. And they had to leave the room. New Orleans has gotten the golden ticket already. They got it with Anthony Davis. And they couldn't get it right. They couldn't get players around him. They couldn't attract free agents to New Orleans. And on top of that, they embarrassed themselves when Anthony Davis said, look, I'm not going to resign. I'm giving you a chance to get some trade assets. And they butchered it. Now they can still get pieces for him. But they have dragged his name through the mud where his value has decreased. People forget this about New Orleans. They weren't a franchise two decades ago. What history do the Pelicans have? They got a superstar. And they couldn't do anything with him. Most cities would die for an Anthony Davis. And New Orleans couldn't do anything with him. It was a bad management group. He didn't want to be there. And now you have Zion there. And now you're going to have this process again in four years when Zion says, You know, you're not putting pieces around me. I don't want to play here. You can trade me or I'm walking. And then we start the cycle all over again. It was a bad night for the NBA because this new draft lottery system did what I feared the most. It gave okay teams a reason to tank at the end of the season and rewarded them with higher-end players, and it took teams that desperately need a franchise-changing players and they excluded them. The Cavaliers needed a franchise player. They're likely not going to get one. The Suns could use one. They're likely not going to get one at number six. It was a system that I know the NBA is terrified of tanking, And while I do think that this will curtail the very bottom end of the worst teams tanking, to me, this has opened up Pandora's box for borderline teams to tank. We started seeing it this year. The Mavericks looked pretty decent. Then they started tanking late in the season. The Lakers just gave up the last 15 games of the season to rest players and load management. And then the Pelicans, of course, put Anthony Davis on those minute limits and sat him down for big games, and they were rewarded. We saw last night that now borderline teams who have decent rosters and decent players, that now if they're not going to make the playoffs, hey, you know, load management the last 20 games isn't a bad idea because we could get a marquee player. It was a bad look for the NBA last night with Zion going likely to New Orleans, with Memphis getting the second pick. I want you to think about this. The NFL draft worked this way. Do you know what the top four picks would look like? The Detroit Lions would have the number one pick. The Buffalo Bills would have had the second pick. And, oh, by the way, the Bengals, who were 11th, would have had the fourth overall pick, and the worst record and the worst team would have the third overall pick. Does that really make a lot of sense? No, it doesn't to me either. The NBA, I know they're petrified of tanking, and while this does solve some of the issues, to me, people are just saying, this ended tanking completely. No, it didn't. It now gave teams an excuse who are borderline playoff teams or close to probably not making the playoffs, it gave them an excuse to just say, you know what, we'll, we'll take the last 20 games off. We forget the Clippers. What was the headline around the deadline? Oh yeah, they trade all their great players, they're tanking. They played hard though, they were the exception because they'd gone to the playoffs and played hard. But a lot of teams, if you really looked, they didn't play that hard the last 20 games. And now, they're going to look at this new liar and saying, hey, hey, if we're in the bottom 10 we have a great chance to get in the top five for a pick. You look at New Orleans, they had the eighth worst record, and they got the number one pick in the draft. And to me, this was a bad look because the best thing for the NBA would have been Zion with a big wide smile with the Knicks getting the number one pick. But last night you saw arguably the most popular college basketball player we've seen in well over a decade. And the most exciting prospect coming into this draft looked distraught when New Orleans got the number one pick. And I have a prediction of what Zion should do. And for that, you can listen to one of our next episodes. It's available on the podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe as I describe what I believe Zion Williamson should do now moving forward. But that's coming up on another edition of Bold Strategy. Make sure you check that out. But it was not a good look. Because people on the surface, it look like tanking is over. But I would argue it's just opened up and changed the way teams are going to tank now. And it's not a good look when you had an opportunity to get in the number one media market who is desperate for a basketball star. And I understand they could still get Kevin Durant. But until he signs that dotted line, anything can happen. Zion in New York would have been huge for the NBA. Because even if they were bad, they would have been watchable. They would have been interesting. Now in New Orleans, it's just kind of a shoulder shrug. Eh, I'll watch Zion when he's on. But wait, four or five years, and that first contract comes up. We also are forgetting, too, Zion's going to have more pull in that first contract. Because he's going to have a huge shoe contract. He's not going to be hurting for money. New Orleans was lucky. They got Anthony Davis to a second contract. I don't think they're going to get Zion to a second one if things stand. Because Zion has made it clear he wanted to be in New York. And he did not look like he wanted to be there. Unless New Orleans can pull off a Hail Mary and put incredible pieces around him and put a roster where he can't say no to, which I highly doubt they will, Zion's going to likely do another Anthony Davis 2.0. He's going to likely want to leave. He'll be ridiculed for it, but at the end of the day, we we bang on these stars for leaving, but we I give Paul George and Anthony Davis credit. They told their franchises, I am leaving. I am giving you an opportunity to get pieces back for me, so I am not leaving you with nothing. LeBron James left Cleveland. They didn't get any compensation for him leaving. Paul George was leaving Indiana. They ended up getting some very good players, including Oladipo, back for him. They were fine. Anthony Davis is still giving New Orleans a chance. Still giving them a chance to get pieces, whether it's draft picks or players, back for his services. Because at the end of this year, if they don't move him, he's gone. He's going to go to somewhere else. Because he's a big. He understands he doesn't have a long shelf life. I mean, it'll be fascinating to see because I don't think this draft order will stand because I do think there's going to be a lot of moves. I'm interested to see what the Knicks do. I'm interested to see what free agency does. But when you walked away from that draft lottery, my two thoughts was, man, this is disappointing. Zion's not going to the Knicks. And the other thing, too, that I will say once again, the NBA was petrified of tanking, so they switched up the rules. But now they've just expanded tanking. I do think this will help with the bottom four teams. But it's not going to help when you have borderline teams now. Down the stretch of the season. Who will now realize they can improve their odds by losing. New Orleans did it and was rewarded for it. The Lakers did it and shut down LeBron. They were rewarded for it. It is not a good look for the NBA. And while they did eliminate tanking in some degree, in my opinion, they've just opened the door for more widespread tanking in this league. That's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Make sure you follow and subscribe wherever podcasts are available. SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spreak are available on Spotify. TuneIn, Apple and iTunes Podcasts and check out our YouTube channel when you can you can always reach out to us on Instagram at Rich Sports talk, Rich Sports Talk on Twitter, and of course, rich sports talk at gmail.com. If you'd like to send us a personal email, make sure to check out our Zion episode coming up where I give you my opinion of what he should do with the New Orleans situation. But until next time, I'm your host, Nolan Rich, and this is Rich Sports Talk.